0: I want to encourage any woman weighed down by the very real things that our lives pose for us each day. From broken to whole, from weighed down to free, we get to be restored even in the midst of life circumstances that, from outward appearance, seem impossible to have strength and peace within. Our inside-out transformation is found at The Narrow Gate. Hey there, this is Brittany. Thank you so much for joining. She's dressed for The Narrow Gate. Thank you so, so very much. I am so appreciative that you are here, that you are listening, however it is that you have found yourself here. I do pray that you'll stay, uh, as well as uh, I'm, I've been mentioning it more, which if you know me, that's then you would know that that's a stretch for me. But um, I would love, it would be the biggest honor if you would share this with anyone that you know who anything that I've been saying has been of a blessing to your life um, of some sort, or if you know that... What I'm saying is applicable to what this loved one is going through, coworker, whoever that may be, I would love if you would share this uh, message, share the station, etc. That would be, again, that would just be a big honor for me, as well as if you get subscribed yourself, because every single week there is content on the podcast, which is in line with also the blog, Courageous Radiance, which is also along with the YouTube channel. So that is kind of the little start here. I hope that you're having a great week, that uh, you are settling into spring break if you're a spring break person. I don't know because I'm from Michigan and I remember when we first moved here, Layla was super little. So we didn't have her in like the school district. But when I learned about that second week of March being their spring break week, I'm like, for spring break? Because our spring break was faithfully always in April. So I was like, wow, they, they really turn up early here. So this is my kid's spring break week. And well, two of my three kids are in spring break this week. My other child, my youngest kid, who um, has a different spring break, he's in a special needs school. So they operate a little bit different. So I've got two weeks, y'all, worth of spring breaks to juggle through. And we are not traveling. We're not going anywhere just yet. We said potentially in May. I want to kind of see how everything goes. You know, you got to make the best decision for yourself, for your family, etc. So anyways, that leaves me here meeting with you all. And what we're talking about today is this life of prosperity talking through King Hezekiah. So it's interesting because I actually talked about him uh, probably in like August or September towards the beginning of me really taking this leap of faith. do this podcast. And coming back to Hezekiah, I I love, love, love 1st and 2nd King, 1st and 2nd Chronicles. And I was reading and spending some time and I was like, you know what? The Holy Spirit, I was just, it just hit me in terms of Brittany, where are you focusing right now? And I don't know if this meets you anywhere, but have you just gotten your phone, logged into your um you know, social media account, whatever that is, whether that's Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. I'm more of a Facebook person. I'm trying to venture out more to adapt into Instagram. But nonetheless, whatever it is you're on and you look at other people's lives, right? Or you go to work and you hear people's stories or you're out in your neighborhood and, and and you're constantly, constantly coming against other people's lives that may be looking a little bit better at least from your vantage point now if you talk to them on their side of the grass they may be like no it's not but from your vantage point because now you have leapt from your lane over to somebody else's it's like huh i wonder what it would be like if i had this husband, or I wonder what it would be like if I had this job, or if I had this many followers, if I had this many likes, or if my kids were a little bit more appreciative. Oh, that's such a good child. And it's like your mind. It's just boom, 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 boom. You just go from thing to thing to thing to thing, right? And then for me, where I have to hold my thoughts captive is I then pin my current circumstances or lack thereof of my expectations in this season or just in my life in general. And I weigh my prosperity. I weigh my success. Now, I can hop on a plane or go to a certain side of town and see that, you know what? This is first world problems. I'm really really like there's nothing to complain about. But the problem with saying that though is that my feelings still are my truth, right? Your feelings are still your truth. So, I've, I'm learning to adapt how I'm saying that because it really tries when I say that it's almost like it negates how I feel. So my feelings are important. However, they need to be the caboose. They can't lead. They have to really kind of, you know, be acknowledged and then really being led by the word of God. So where is all this going? This is going because when I think of prosperity, when I think of success, it's so easy to just forget about God's timing. And God God literally gives a few answers. It's, it's you know, you got to wait, yes or no, done. Like, it's one of those three. He's not really, you know, well, maybe, no, it's yes, no, maybe so if you wait. And if that backs against my time frame, my timeline, or if it somehow rubs me because I'm looking at it, what appears is, I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, you don't know everybody. So why then do you use always, never, or everyone? You don't know everyone. But it feels like it in the moment, right? So then it backs into everyone, as I'm putting quotation marks, that seems to just be like having like this amazing life. And you really have to trust God. And you stay in your lane. And you really have to trust God and say, you know what, God, this is maybe not how I had envisioned everything to go, but I am going to truly trust you and I am going to align my life with you. So where this starts us is Second Chronicles and we are going to read um, chapter 29. Let me flip over there. So Hezekiah just kind of, so young, I consider him young. He was ruling at like 25, 25, 26, 25 years old. Um, chapter 29 verse 1. And he ruled for a very long time, 29 years. And unlike his father, so he came onto the scene, right? So just picture this: so his dad, King Ahaz, I believe that's how you pronounce it, uh, was a bad king. And that really is kind of the theme of First and Second Chronicles. It's like good king, bad king, good king, bad king, and da 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 da, and it just goes on and on and on. Um, or sometimes it's like good, bad, bad, etc. But you get the picture. But his dad did not live in alignment with God. So when he came onto the scene after his father, you know, passed and the kingdom then was his, he was, boom, it it mentions that he was in alignment with God, that he lived right for the Lord. So, and where does that say? Verse two, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father, David, had done. Um, And clearly this is in the line of David. His father was actually Ahaz. So... That is very important because he literally came onto the scene like, this is some foolishness, y'all. I We can't, we, I'm going to enter this scene and, and make a decision because I have such this high view of God and I trust God with my whole life. So therefore I'm going to nestle underneath him and I'm going to align myself with him. So he came on the scene, um, First off, he opened up the temple doors because Ahaz I closed them. So he opened up the doors of the temple, um, cleared out just different um, idols and and and, and worshiping uh, temples and and things that were defiling the temple uh, holy God. So he cleared out house right, opened the doors, cleared anything that was defiling to the Lord, brought priests and the Levites in, um, consecrated them. Call for a consecration mass, too, of just the whole, of of the whole kingdom, and, and then, and it even talks about, um, in chapter 30, about then he then even set this model and this example for all of Israel, um, in chapter 30, Hezekiah sent word to all Israel and Judah, and it's, and so it's like, okay, I'm gonna first get me right, then I'm gonna get, my house right, and my kingdom right, it's like he just came on boom, 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 boom. Leading, leading, modeling, modeling, all because of this high view that he had of God and he wanted to be right with God. This consecration, this dedication is essentially what consecration is. It's it's to make something holy. So it's like, I want to consecrate myself. I want to just rededicate all of this God to you. Like, consecration is is key. When you think about making a decision, to have God as the set top priority so to speak of your life and and turning your your heart um, to to him so and then I nursing world and regular life world sometimes interchanges for me I've just done nursing for so long when I think of the cardiovascular system so just again just kind of follow me if you are healthcare if you're if, if you're not healthcare, if you are healthcare, you'll know what I'm talking about. So cardiovascular, when you think of your heart health, it literally affects everything. Right? So you've got blood that is pumping in, that's deoxy- deoxygenated blood, which means it has no oxygen attached to it. So the heart then pumps it back to itself, sends it out to the lungs, poof, it gets oxygen, brings it back to itself and then distributes it through the whole body. So literally the, the heart, the cardiovascular system touches every part of your body. It is the key. It is like the hub. It is the main powerhouse of your body. It just, it, it's, it's so important. And when I think of just the, the connection of the actual physical heart, so cardiovascular system to our spiritual heart, it really kind of is an alignment, right? When you think of your heart, your view of God, your alignment with God, it spills over into every area of your life, every area. And even if it doesn't feel like it does, and let me say something about that because I personally would be like, well, you know, they're not living right and they're, you know, um not tithing and they're not going to church and and they seem to be doing fine. Listen. First off, again, why are you over there getting in your lane? And and secondly, I just think that God is like, I didn't I don't remember really asking you to to have anything to say about them. Like that's them and this is you. So stay in your lane. Um, but God is like, that That has absolutely nothing to do with you. I need you to stay here. I need you to bless and to, and to and to be grateful, you know, get that jealous. I remember I really struggled with that for a while, and I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit has truly helped open my eyes to that. And now I just celebrate people. Um, a book called Enemies uh, of the Heart by Andy Stanley. Really, really amazing book. I truly suggest you read it. Enemies of the Heart, Andy Stanley. And he really talked about this this spirit of jealousy because that can really you know pollute your heart as well when you don't know how to celebrate somebody else when you're always looking at what's going on with somebody else then within your own lane but going back to just the fact that our spiritual hearts similar to our physical hearts connect every part of our body they are the the, the powerhouse of our body so when you think of anything downstream from your heart. it it My heart has everything to do with the downstream effect of it. If there's something wrong with my valve of my heart, which are the doors, if there's something wrong with the coronary arteries, which supply blood back to the heart, then this creates a heart attack, right? And then that's going to affect other areas downstream. So when you think of um, the spiritual standpoint, downstream okay yes it looks like this person is doing great and again even if they're not getting your lane but this is just for for sake of let me just kind of roll with it for a second but even if it looks like everything that is going great with this person how do you really know do you know their heart like do you know that god looks at what you're looking at and like yay this person you don't know that which is another reason why you have to stay in your lane because um Not all success and prosperity is God's success and prosperity. It just isn't. So, but going back to this this heart issue, the spiritual heart now, just like I gave an example of your physical heart connecting all the parts, the, the spiritual heart as well. So if I'm living a life of sin, or maybe it's not even any like major sin, maybe I'm just don't have God as the top priority of my life. Well, downstream of that, there's, There is going to be an effect of that, and if there is a lot of sin and and things going on, I'm saved, but I'm not living right with God. Well, then we know that sin—Romans talks about sin—separates us from God. So you will have no success in your life Um, in this. And don't always think success means things. I'm saying, um, I'm saying deliverance. I'm saying uh, your faith. I'm saying your peace, the fruits of the spirit will be polluted, right? So that separation downstream is going to happen if you're not walking in alignment with God. So yeah, it seems over here like, oh, it's okay, but it's not, right? But, um, you know, the question I, wrote, I had wrote down was, um, does, does the success or prosperity of your life expectations, relationships, purpose rule the day? So, And this is me asking myself that. Am I more focused on the success of the relationships in my life, Uh, right? Am I more more focused on the success in my circumstances? Am I more focused on just the immediate, like, check the box, great, everything is happening? Or am I focusing on God? What Hezekiah, am I putting God... First, in living in full alignment with Him and saying, You know what? I don't know about anything else downstream, but I know I'm gonna get this right. And then I'm gonna let God control, I'm gonna trust God and let God control everything else downstream from my obedience to Him. This comes first. This comes first. So, you know, as I mentioned, Hezekiah came in cleaning house right from the priest, from the temple, the priest, uh, the kingdom. And it talks about, I wanna re- read real quick in chapter 30. Um, uh, verse 26, there was great joy in Jerusalem for since the days of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. The priests and the Levites stood to bless the people and God heard them for their prayer reached heaven, his holy dwelling place. So there is like success in the kingdom, you know, this decision to have this high view of God and to live in alignment with God, and then to get your life right, dedicate your life right, and just to stay in your lane, and then to affect other people. And then now look, the kingdom is doing amazing. It's thriving, it's prospering, and not just from a worldly definition of prosperity, but it's thriving from, from, a, from the standpoint of God is, God is, is, is pleased which really is our, is and should be our ultimate goal. Now I get that wrong all the time. I'm going to be honest, just full transparency. I get it wrong all the time. I get, I get distracted. I start focusing on the wrong things. And, and a lot of times I, I use my accountability, both my mentor head, as well as horizontally those who I'm doing life with and people I trust, uh, wise counsel who I know have got first. And it's like, Hey, what do you think of this? And, and even before that, I'm in my closet asking the Holy spirit, Hey, um, is, is this pleasing to you? You know, please show me. And a lot of times I don't necessarily get an answer like, boom, right away. But you know, God, just if this is, if this is not right, then, then, then I don't want to do this. I don't want the prosperity and the success from my own man-made self, woman-made self, if this is not what you have for me and for my life. Um, so just again, as he's like mass exiting foolishness, and, and and defiling uh, and all this and, and and turning everyone to revere and to fear God and to live for God, celebration of Passover, right? All of these things, um, it just, it really is, is powerful because, and that's why I wanna talk about it because it really helps me change or be reminded, so to speak, of what's your goal? Is your goal for God to be pleased and for God to be made great? or is your goal for you to be comfortable and for life to be convenient? Um, So just kind of a little question for yourself. So then um, as I wrote here, um, I thought about John 15. John 15 verses five through six as just kind of what, what I'm saying here in terms of Jesus is this vine And, and he is this branch and we are the branch. So we're the branch connected to him. And if you, so turn to John 15 verse five, it says, I am the vine. You are the branches. This is Jesus talking. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I, in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned y'all living in alignment for god so are you trying to be this branch that's focused on the fruit that's focused on what's going to grow from it so the fruit or are you focused on staying attached to that vine because the God made, the the God ordained, the God caused success and prosperity, is not going to come to the branch that is over here, as as Christ says, um, that has withered and and died, and it's and it's and it's thrown away. So if you're not going to remain in Him, then that's not coming from Him. He's like, that's not me, because you're over here on your own, not even attached to me. So that's not my fruit. So if you want my fruit, if you want my my prosperity, if you want what I have for you, then you need to come over here and be attached to me. So that's what I think of in the life of, um, of Hezekiah. But where I really want to get to is 2 Chronicles um, chapter 31, um, verse 20. This is what Hezekiah did throughout Judah, doing what was good and right and faithful before the Lord his God in everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple and in obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly. And so he prospered. And so he prospered. Let's go back. And so he prospered. But what came first? It didn't say, and so he prospered in all these things. This is what Hezekiah did throughout Judah, doing what was good and right and faithful before the Lord God in everything that he undertook, this is too good to not read again, in the service of God's temple and in obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly. He sought his God and worked wholeheartedly. Then came the prosperity. And so he prospered was downstream to the God-centered heart. And so he prospered only fits if god is at the root or the heart first and then and then the the prosperity is the downstream byproduct of that connection that vine again you're that branch connected to that vine and and coming back to my medical analogy just to finish is i think of when we do codes and i'm i'm an icu nurse when we do codes which is a person's heart stops or or they stop breathing etc and we whether we can get them revived or unfortunately they they expire they they pass away but whenever we if the, if we can get them alive if we can sustain them and and bring them back then we always are going to assess hey what happened okay let's look at their lab values okay let's look and see if, um, if, if this is off, right? I mean, we're drawing labs, we're doing x-ray, we're trying to see what's going on. They're trying to see what's at the root. It, even if they expire, if they pass away, the question still has to be addressed, what happened? What was the root cause of why this person passed away? And it's so important. Yes, you just gotta like quickly get them restored or alive, but then we've gotta address the root because it could happen again, and you can't really fix them. So if um, uh, an infection is at the source of why of why any of this happened, well then now that we figured out the root cause, now we can go fix the infection with antibiotics, et cetera, and, and replace different electrolytes, right? So it's so important to know the key, the heart first, then you fix the downstream. Fix the key first, then you address, okay, so if the prosperity is not my focus, if the prosperity and the success is not my focus, then what is? And it's God. It's staying attached and connected to God. And that's so important because you don't know how he's going to define prosperity in your life. Prosperity, there is no such thing as a real prosperity gospel that is a lie. So prosperity may not even be on your list it may not look like what you think it's going to look like or what this social media post that you're you know looking at somebody else's life that is not God defines prosperity and I mean it feels great I mean who wouldn't want it but that can't be what you're running and chasing after you need to get connected and as we're kind of wrapping up this kind of fruits of the spirit um, in Galatians 5 it's so important because that, that's, that's success, that's prosperity, is to be able to be in a situation and have the peace of God as a gift of the Holy Spirit inside of you, no matter what you're walking through. That's prosperity, to be able to walk in love of a person, and if you're in a marriage, a loveless marriage, a difficult marriage, um, and to be able to pull off loving that person, that's prosperity. It's, it's prosperity to be patient and and, and deal with a, a, a trying parent or a child or a co-worker, right? That's prosperity. To be able to execute and to model Christ, no matter what the circumstances it are, that is real success. That is real prosperity. And God has got you, but you have to be able to surrender and you have to trust him and you have to know that, hey, I'm in alignment with him. That's my first goal. So, ladies, I I truly pray that that this um, really helps you. I mean, and and if you're already there, then then as Hezekiah, then then who who then are you pouring into in your life for them to model and see? Wow, that's what running after God looks like, you know. And not that you're the Holy Spirit and need to be oh hurry up and look at me, look at me, but our lives are meant to. Once we get poured into, discipled or etc cetera, mentored, then we are to then pour out to others. And that's another thing I really loved about King Hezekiah. Just an amazing, amazing man. Um, even as he turned to the left later on, we'll talk about it next week. But it's just, it's amazing to say, you know what? I don't care what's going on around me. I am going to connect to Christ and I'm going to stay connected. So have an amazing, amazing week. Thanks for joining. I'll see you next week.